Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It's me, Renee Dallow. I am joined this week by the lovely and talented Kara Gassabe. Kara, how are you? I'm great. So happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Um, it's funny. Our topic today is how to do change. And I have to reveal something to you right off the bat. I'm just going to like come clean. When I was younger, and I mean like younger, like teenager, the idea of change like terrified me. Like I was one of those kids who needed everything like same, same, same. So much so that every time my mom would be like, maybe we'll move. I'd be like, no, like any change set me into like a panic. And I realized at that young age that like this wasn't healthy. Right. And so I needed to like figure it out. And so I really pretty much developed a life that is like, very not well kind of yeah reliant on change like I became an actor which is the least steady job in the world and I was constantly on the go and doing shows and touring and moving apartments and you know just like I was like a wanderer and now with wedding planning you know I have clients for a year year and a half and then they move on and so like I feel like everything is in a constant state of flux um and I think I when I look back I think like oh I I guess I did that on purpose right and I think at least for me, I hope that I'm not alone in feeling that like people get real weird about change, right? Absolutely. How do we get, how do we get more comfortable with change or how do we, maybe not more comfortable because I feel like we can still do things that are uncomfortable, right? But I don't know how, how, what is your take on, on change? Like what is your experience with it been? Yeah, I think for me, it's one of the, it's one of those things, like you said, so many of us fear it. We always associate it with something negative because we all know change. It's like disorienting. It's confusing. We've got to learn new skills. We've got to learn a new way to navigate, whether it's changing a school or a job. And it's funny that you dreaded it. And then deep in your soul, it must have, it's your destiny to be in it, like a job where you're constantly changing. You constantly have new clients. You're doing different venues. It's so funny. So I found with brides, so, you know, I'm coaching, I used to coach people in the dating world and, um, and then I switched to brides and I hadn't thought about the change thing as being so intense because it's a happy change. But the thing about change is whether it's a happy change, something you wanted, or sort of a traumatic event, something you didn't want to happen, we still go through the same cycle. And I found that like when vendors kind of have a sense of it and think about their clients going through this change cycle, all the emotional drama that can come with working in the wedding world, it can kind of be put at ease. If you've got a place for it, if you remind yourself, okay, they are going through these four squares and I can understand and take everything with a bit of a grain of salt. I can give them a little more grace. I can give myself more grace as my business changes and I'm going through these things. Like once we sort of get a hang of the cycle, we can kind of do it better. I love that. I love that there's a roadmap because I know for so many of us, especially my wedding planners listening, you know, we love a roadmap. We love to at least pretend to know what's coming, <laughs> what's coming ahead. I mean, I say pretend because after the year of 2020, like who, who the hell knows really, but yes, I want to hear about this, about these four squares. Yeah. So the first square it's based on the 
sort of the butterfly um, metaphor and the, you know, you've got this caterpillar just spending its life eating, eating, eating. And then one day it decides to cover itself in its own saliva and make this chrysalis, right? And that is square one. That's the death and rebirth. That is when, whether you get in a car accident, you get engaged, you have a baby, you change jobs, like whatever it is, whether you you were thrown into it, you know, a pandemic hit, or you just outgrew your old life, you know? So you've, you've gone to this new thing and part of it, it's a death and rebirth, right? So you're not the person you were before this event and you're not sure what the heck is going to happen after. It's a lot, a lot of this we can map to just coming out of this pandemic. Like that was a pretty big global traumatic moment so many of us, our daily routines died, our concept of who we are were died. Some people we loved may have died. Yeah. What we wanted for our life, our dreams, everything like, whoa, just changed in a moment. And that is what happens when a bride gets engaged. Like she's so excited, but there's always this like sort of dark or sadness that comes after it that's very disorienting. And a lot of people think that they are maybe are making the wrong choice or going through all these things. And it's just that change of the death of the old self. It's saying goodbye to your single self. It's saying goodbye to the person who's always dreaming of their wedding way out in the future. If now it's in three months, it's this whole, you have to literally reorient yourself, upgrade your operating system and it's funny, this change cycle comes from my mentor, Martha Beck, and she gives you like a tagline, how to navigate this part. It's like, I don't know what's going on and that's okay. Yeah. And for my vendors, it's like when you meet, it's like you can do a hundred couples and like when you meet the first one and you maybe have like a communication glitch or like they didn't get you and you're trying yeah. to give them all this stuff and suddenly right. they're asking all like, well, I don't, I don't feel like you gave me enough venue tours or you didn't provide me the right, and you're like, what is going on? I thought I was good at my job, but it's like, right. no, we're in square one, right? Like, right. And so that's the hard, that's that hard place. And again, it doesn't matter what kind of change, good and bad. It's the same cycle. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, one of the questions I ask every single one of my uh, potential clients during our inquiry call is how long have you been engaged? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I've been doing this 13 years, the couples mm -hmm. who tell me like, we just got engaged two weeks ago, yeah. you know, versus the ones who have been engaged for like a year. Those are, I mean, everyone listening, as soon as I say that, you know, those are two different kinds of couples, yeah. right? And I, I recently booked a couple that has been engaged. They've been together for eight years, but they've been engaged for two weeks. And her, um, the bride in this case, uh, a, it's a bride and groom couple. Um, her energy has been very like, let's get it all done right now. I'm so excited because she's waited eight years to get engaged yeah. and now it's here. Right. So I have to like sort of honor that energy energy and know it's not about me. <laughs> right. It's right. about her like getting this motivation and, and understanding that like she's on a different tempo than someone who's been together for maybe two years and been engaged for two years. That's like a slower tempo, you know? So I think it's so interesting to know that. And also, I, when you said that, I thought back to my own engagement. I didn't meet my husband until I was 33, 34. I don't even remember now, but we we didn't get married till I was 36 and he's 10 years older. So we were 36 and 46 getting married. And I remember when we announced our engagement, everyone was so happy for me. But there was also this, I I was feeling like people were like, oh, finally, like she finally found someone. And then I got real in my feelings about it being like, oh, 
I'm sorry, should I have just married some idiot in my 20s just to say I got married? Like, you know, like there was a different energy about like mourning my single self at that um, quote unquote older age, which is like, F off everyone. It wasn't old. But you know what I mean? There was like a lot of other things happening there. And so when you said like, I don't know what's going on, but but I'm working through it. Like that's exactly how I felt when I got engaged. Yes. Like that's the thing we all, and I, it's funny, same. I met my husband at 33 and then, but we got married one year and a day after we met. And so we had a whole nice. different <laughs> issue with the um, timing and weirdness. But yeah, there is that weird feeling of being engaged that when you're saying goodbye to your single, it's like, Right. You're looking back and all the other people's energy around it and then yeah. yours. And then you're looking back like, hold on. It can be a complicated thing. Yeah. And for so many, you know, people, they don't know how to sort of process that. And then that's where like weird lashing out happens. And mm-hmm. and even when people ask that simple question of like, they see that ring, they see the post and they start peppering them with the questions. And sometimes the couple gets all like combative or weird or makes up, well, we're going to do this crazy. Like they start talking about, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like we're having yeah. like 500 people here. I know we're doing a destination. Like it's like the chaos. And I'm always like, take a minute. Like you said, yeah. when someone calls you from two weeks or a year after they've been engaged, it's like, a, you got to give yourself a minute. You don't know what's going on. Sit with it for a minute. Yeah. And I think it's okay as wedding pros, especially planners. Cause I feel like we're the first line of defense sometimes yeah. to say to that, to that new couple, like, just just like love being engaged right now. Like everything's going to get done. Just like really love this process because it is finite. I mean, it's all finite, but the engagement period in in and of itself can be so fraught and like it's a new it's a new level, right? You have to have to acknowledge it. You have to honor it, I think. I think the engagement period is such a special magical time. And I do think that you'll you'll see probably some couples who are so uncomfortable with it because it is that liminal phase, right? Like, oh, right. Limbo. <laughs> you know, you're not a single person, but you're not married. And so for a lot of people, I think they don't like the in-between and they want to jump and like get to the other side, but there's so much great work to be done on yourself, on your relationship with your fiance, on your relationship with your family of origin, your friendships. Like these are all the things that I end up working with people on. It's like, so the literally the earth is shifting beneath you and this engagement period is where a lot of stuff's going to come up and it's a great chance to like sort some of these things out before you get to that wedding day. Do you think this first phase, if you see your couple come to you in this first phase is is an appropriate time for maybe a a pro to like, maybe not suggest in like a very pointed way, but also offer like, these are some people I know that do premarital counseling or coaching. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's great. Like when I were, I, planners are like my people. Like I just feel like what I try to do for couples internal landscape is what you guys are doing to make this incredible event in the real world. I'm trying to get their inner emotional mental state to to be ready to meet that moment, right? Like I want them feeling the joy and the beauty and the magic that you guys are creating in the external. So I love that inner and outer to match. So yeah, I love planners being like, look, I've got you. We're going to, we're going to have an amazing event because that is what you guys do. And then saying, but like, cause so many planners get sort of backed into this awkward corner of like best friend and <laughs> and therapist yeah. and, you know, mother, like all these weird extra things because these so many times these brides specifically don't have that emotional offloading place mm-hmm. and they think that they shouldn't have 
these weird emotions right. during this time. So they're like, well, I can't go right. to therapy because if I go to therapy, that means I shouldn't be getting married. And I'm definitely not <laughs> going to say that. So instead, right. I'm just going to make everything my wedding planner's problem. Or, <laughs> yeah. or I have maybe anxiety about my family or I have questions about my fiance, but I can't face them. So I'm just going to pretend like it's the flowers or it's the right. favors or, you know what I mean? They project it onto the yeah. stuff and they're like, no, no, honey, it's really not about the ribbon on your program. That is fine. <laughs> it's really that like you and your mom aren't speaking or that your you know, your best friend is like ghosting you or not planning the batch. You know, there's all those other things. So I think yeah. that the, that's what um, the relationships I'm forging with planners is just to be like, look, you guys have that, those lists of vendors that you know you can trust to execute your vision and deliver for your clients. And I am the emotional part of that. Like, it's just a great, for those couples who need it, and I don't think everyone does, but I think it's, you know, a great resource for those times where a bride needs, especially because again, and some people say, why do you focus just on the bride? I definitely do um, some couples premarital counseling, just a little check-in. Do we know about conflict resolution? Do we know how to fight well? Do we know how to talk about money and family and all that stuff. But with brides, hello, we're in a patriarchy. We're living like it's the woman <laughs> talked about before we even got on here, changing right. your name. Hello. Let's yeah. talk about an identity crisis that like, Oh yeah. I don't care who oh, you yeah. are, how old you are, how, you know, progressive or traditional, like that was weird. Like, I don't know about you, but I was like, I always assumed I would change my name. And then when the time came, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of internal and external drama about me changing my name. Um, so Dallow is my married name. Uh, prior to that, most people knew me by a stage name. So Renee, mm -hmm. I always had Renee. But um, when I was an actor, my last name wasn't Dallow or my maiden name, which was Scotty. So my my dad kind of joked when when Joe and I got engaged because he's like, "You're taking his name, right?" And I said, well, "I don't know." And he's like, "Well, you don't use your name anyway." Like, how, like a kind of a dig, a little, if I'm right. being honest. Right. But then also kind of like a, well, you know, like my name was always just like in flux, I suppose. But then when Joe and I got married, Joe and I knew we were we didn't want to have our children, and so in my head, I thought, well, if I take his name, then that that's like more of a familial bond right and and again i was never really <laughs> i was never really like that attached to any of my last names but when it came time to start my business in earnest everyone said just name it renee dallow events and i and all i could think of and i don't think i ever verbalized this every all i can think of was i can't name it that i don't even know her oh yeah right because like i i didn't she was renee dallow was new to me i did not i did not want to name a company renee dallow events like that just seemed crazy to me back then now, of course, and most most people know me as <laughs> Renee Dallow, um, and my stage name is a, a long forgotten, you know, distant memory here. But uh, it's interesting because I didn't, I did kind of assume, like as my dad said, that like my name, my name was always in flux. It's fine. And then when it came time to do the paperwork and change it, I was like, ooh, all right, we're doing it. You know? Yes, it's a thing. I mean, your name is such a key part of your identity. It's such a basic thing. I mean, it starts. The day you're born and yeah. women are the ones in this culture who are expected to change it. And I think that it's been making us all a little awkward and uncomfortable. And yet like there's, I don't think there's a perfect solution. I just actually recorded an episode on this. I think you just want to be mindful of it. And I think men need to be mindful of like, Hey, this is like a thing we're going through and we're going to have feelings about it. Like uh, it's funny that you said it because I always named my businesses Kara Maureen because I thought someday I'll get married and I don't want to have to like 
change URLs and fix all that. So I was like you, I tried to keep a little distance, like a little space mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally that like this wouldn't be my last name forever. And yet when it happened, I'm like, I felt like, wow, sitting at my table with my family, I'm like, I'm not an O'Brien anymore. And yet right. sitting with my in-laws and looking at my sister-in-laws, I'm like, oh, now me and your mom have this same last name. And you guys don't. <laughs> like now I'm suddenly like, yeah, over. I'm the guest. And it's like, none of that feels true or right or natural, but yeah. And then for me, I was like, you know, I knew I wanted to have kids. So I was like, I am not going to be the one without the same, you know, my husband and my kids have the same last name and I don't, I was like, no. So for me, that yeah. was like the decider, but I think there's no right answer, but this is the stuff that like is going on inside a woman's head while this yeah. wedding is happening. And like, no one's giving airtime to this and space mm-hmm. for this to be processed. Mm-hmm. And also like, uh, I, legally like my middle name is now my maiden name so my full legal name is renee middle name scotty last name dallow which meant i gave up my given middle name which was rose and my mother was so mad so mad at me because rose was her great grandmother her grandmother's name my great grandmother so she was like i can't believe you're giving up rose and i was like i can't have four names like no but but i had no idea that that was going to be something that she cared about Ultimately, obviously, I made the choice to do it anyway, but um, right. I, I always kind of felt like Renee Rose sounded a little bit like a stripper. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, no, no shame on strippers. I mean, they're making a living, but like it just exactly. seemed to me like yeah. it's like that Gypsy Rosalie thing. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, people uh, people that you don't expect to have feelings about things that aren't their business have feelings about things, right? Absolutely. That Which I think is like is- an umbrella statement for your wedding in general. Everyone's wedding in general. Yes, like yeah. weddings just bring up all the things for all the people and the person who's taking most of the brunt of it is the bride and yet Mm -hmm. as a culture and a society we just look at brides like oh she just has to pick a dress how dramatic she's being and I'm like are you kidding that is not what is going on here like there's so much much below the surface there's so many feelings and so many expectations and and just I just think we put that bride up on a pedestal and then just like watch her fall. And I just think that that is so ridiculous and so heartbreaking. And there's so much going on and we're in an imperfect society. People are doing the best they can. And I just think that I'm just trying to offer that support at this time. Again, if people are like, are you sure brides need coaching? I'm like, oh, ask anybody who's been married. They will say yes. Like, but other people just can't see it because it all is painted as this like perfect world and it, we all know that mm-hmm. it, but it's not a perfect thing it's tough no Kara, can i ask uh ask you about queer couples do you coach queer couples and then in that case when you have two brides is it how do you how do you navigate that yeah so i um most of my marketing is sort of around this the cultural heterosexual couple that we're thinking of because that's where a lot of like these gender roles and expectations just fall in those categories and what i love about a same-sex couple, um, is that they're writing their own rules in a little different way. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost interesting. It's almost like I can help heterosexual couples take the lead from those same-sex couples who have yes. been right. Do you know what I mean? It's it's this oh, yeah. thing where instead of being like, hey, let's take, let's try to help the queer couples come into this pre-existing situation. I'm like, no, no, guys, let's look to them for yeah. how to be like, no, you write the rules, you write the scripts and the roles based on 
what you want, what your natural strengths are, what makes sense. That's the thing. It's these heterosexual couples that are sort yeah. of stuck and jammed into these societal precon, you know, yeah. whereas like the queer, it's like, oh, wait, are we doing two dresses? Are we doing like, you don't even yeah. know what's happening. Whereas yeah. a straight yeah. couple is different. So that's how I sort of really look at it. And, and yeah, and at the end of the day, the issues that I coach on are always, they're always like that basic stuff. The issues mm-hmm. with your parents that are going to be, yeah always having I mean of course always with the um you know a same-sex couple they're you know those issues are going to be different but they're also just the same are my parents proud of me are they going to show up for me are they going to be happy for me and that's what kids want from their parents and so I can have you know a bride who's marrying someone of a different culture or a different religion and that is devastating for the parents or you know, a same-sex couple might be having that where one side is really supportive and the other one's not. All the stuff, it's underneath it, like one step under the surface, it's all the same, you know, emotions and mind management techniques that I work with. So yeah. No, I, I love that. I mean, we work with a lot of same-sex couples in my wedding planning business. And one of the things that I, I talk about with all of my couples is um, early on in my business, I worked with this lovely Um, just like the kindest, loveliest same-sex couple. And they, instead of keeping their own names or taking one another's names, they they created um, a new last name out of parts of both of their last names. I love it. And so their their new last name is Cardenstern. So they took Carden and then the Stern from what, and like, and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I tell it to all of my couples, um, regardless of orientation, because I think it's so freaking cool. Yeah. And part of me thinks that like, maybe if I had heard about that before I got married, I've been like, Joe, let's figure it out. Right? Like, could we be like Delati? Like, I don't know, could I have a different, a completely different made up name? Because at the end of the day, these names were given to us by our, like our fathers. So who, exactly. they're all made up anyway, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and Ellis Island, like when you look back in the record, so many people's names got hacked. Oh, and yeah. Spelled and, I mean, it's all, yeah. It's, it is, I think that's such a great example of like, there are, there's such, there's so many ways to do things, but when we are coming from this, you know, these cultural narratives that are just sort of prescribed and have always been, it can be really hard to think outside the box. And that's a great example, I think, of letting that community shed some light and help break us all free sometimes from these. Yes. I I was just going to say that too, like just freedom to do whatever, whatever you want to do. Like, yeah, I just, I love it. Okay. So tell me about box number two. Sorry. I got very, I got very invested in box number one. I I love it. So (laughs) after, so right. So after you've got your sort of death and rebirth, you're, you're into square two and this is that dreaming and scheming phase. So, so this is after you've gotten through that initial shock of whatever has happened to, change your life. And you're realizing you're going to have this creative energy to do the next phase. So if it's coming out of the pandemic and you want to do your business differently, this is that dreaming and scheming like, hey, I'm going to do all my meetings on Zoom, or I'm only going to travel now because I realized how much I loved it and didn't do it enough. So the mantra here is there's no rules and that's okay. And so this is like for my engaged couples, it's like, okay, now that we like can take a minute and we're we understand that like we're going to build this life together, we're going to plan this wedding, you start to really think about all your different options and again this is like probably right before you want to engage your planner cuz you're still a little bit all over the place but you're 
over that initial emotional shock and you've gotten everybody's emo- like reactions out of the way and you're really starting to get into that creative space. I love square two. This is because this is where like it's all in your mind still and anything is possible and you haven't gotten to the next phase that's like all the logistical hard work, but it's this dreaming it's like where you do so much visualizing. Yeah, so this is the Pinterest stage. Yes, the <laughs> Pinterest. Right. You are like hungry for like all the different ideas. Right. Love it. Okay, so that's after we've done our mood boards and our color schemes and our Pinterest, nice. what's box three? Now, square three, this is known as the hero saga. So this is where your square three is always sort of where you're out in the real world, right? So now we're out of our heads, we're out of our houses, and we're in the real world trying to make something happen, whether that's create a business you've never created before, planned a wedding you've never planned before, where this is where you're surrounded by your other people, you're reaching out, this is where you're hiring your planner, you're actually putting things in place, you're booking the venue, you're actually making decisions, right? You're buying your dress, you're doing all the things in your business. This is where you're actually like, putting up that website, setting those rates, going to the networking events, trying to, you know, figure out what venues are going to be your go-tos. Like you're, you're out there and you're in it, you know, you're making offers, you're getting ignored. Um, For my wedding (laughs) couples, this is where you're like, okay, mom and dad, we're going to have it here. And they're like, no, or you're calling this venue. It won't be the same as your church. The dates aren't available. This is like, the mantra is this is harder than I expected. And that's uh, okay, right? Like yeah. this is whenever you're taking some beautiful vision you made up in your head and you pin on that board and then you go in into real life and you're like, it cost what? <laughs> like I'm not the only one who it takes how long to make a dress? It's like all of those yeah. things you're like, but in my head, it was all so easy. And then right. this is the hero's journey and this is where we need each other. And this is where planners like this is your this is your superpower right is like making it work in real life and educating those clients on how it really comes together what are the parameters how to prioritize your money your energy like all of that stuff this is where having a great group of people around you to cuz it's a roller coaster right like yeah. you think you've got something and you're going to get all your glitches and your bumps and your peaks in your valleys. So yeah, this is the hero saga, which is just the planners, just playground. And I feel like for business owners, this seems to me to be years like one through three or one through four, like Mm -hmm. when you're really sort of like figuring out your shit and like how you do what you do and how to meet the right people. And like you said, how to find your community, your entrepreneurial community so that you're not just out here alone. Exactly. This is the finding your people is everything. And, and, And you can see how it like literally maps to whether it's the planner building the business or the couple trying to find the right vendors and including the planner for themselves. It's like that same thing of like, you're out there, but damn, it's not like as easy as we want it to be. And again, we have to remind ourselves, it doesn't mean that you should not be an entrepreneur and that you're not a good planner. And it doesn't mean your wedding's going to suck or that you shouldn't be getting married, right? Like sometimes when stuff gets hard, our brains get super lazy and we default to like, well, I guess I can't have what I want. I guess I'm not good enough. I guess it's not meant to be. I guess it's easier for everyone else. It's like, this is where a lot of that sort of mental work has to come into play. And you just keep on letting you, this is like we have many deaths and rebirth. Like, it's like, okay, right. go through the 
awkward rejection, go through the fails, go through the dry spells, <laughs> and then let that go, redream, and then execute again and keep on going until you get there. I love redream. Redream mm-hmm. is so it's redream is the part we 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 never talk about because it's like it's the weird part where you're like, well, I don't want to have to redream. I just want the initial dream. But I if I if I had gotten every single thing I've ever wanted, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, my wedding was nothing. I mean, I was one of those girls who literally like my whole life was waiting for it. I was like the single girl in my 20s with the wedding Pinterest board and no boyfriend. Like, <laughs> I was like, I have got this. And then when it actually came time, when I planned a wedding for 300 people inside of three months with my Irish Catholic background and my Persian husband and you know very different world. Two mothers really, oh yeah oh, like, god, oh this is god bless you cara i you live to tell the tale is what I'm i have to telling say you, like it was a, i and so nothing everything was harder than i expected i was like how can this be i love yeah. weddings i've planned huge elaborate events part of my job was it is an event planner and I've done all this like self-development work i've got a master's in like so i was like with these three things i'm unstoppable as a bride and yet it was like getting hit by a truck. Like it was just, nothing was easy. Nothing was normal. And it was so much harder than I expected. And yet, like you said, it needed to, I just am so happy, you know, like it all worked out the right. way it meant to. Right. It sounds cliche to say it because when you're going through it, it doesn't feel true, but only in hindsight, can you look back and be like, oh, I see what was going on. Yeah. And I think too, like, as far as like a, like an entrepreneurial journey, it's like, this is the part where you have to really lean into like, what is your purpose? What is your why? Why do you, why do you need to do this business more than other things? Like, what is the thing that you have to get out there? Otherwise you'll just, you know, it, it, you won't be satisfied with yourself. Like that's because this is the hustle part, right? And this is the part we talk about a lot. It just in the, like, in the minutia of like making it less hard. But like I said earlier, and like I, obviously, and thanks, you know, thanks to Glennon, to Glennon Doyle for giving us this phrase, but like, we can all do hard things. And mm-hmm. sometimes the hard things are really the things that are worth doing. If everything were easy, then anyone would, would be doing anything. You know what I mean? Like there, there, it has to be, I don't know, there has to be like a little bit of friction, right? Makes the, makes the victory sweeter. Absolutely. And the other phrase of hers that I love is brutal. Like, oh, yeah. It's going to be beautiful <laughs> yes. and it's going to be brutal. And right. literally that weird mix, like it's salty, sweet, like those two things, those polarized parts really make the other one shine and let us feel it, right? Like, do we know what happiness yeah. is if we don't have sadness? And right. I think this hero saga, especially like for an entrepreneur, this is like when you're in there and you're like, can't get your WordPress to work or you, your, your (laughs) contact button was never really working and people are sending emails, but you're never getting like, you get so in that we, you have to do the work, but that's when it's like, you got to then lift yourself back up to that Eagle vision. And like when you're getting married and you're like, I wanted hydrangeas and I can't get them in December. Like, then Mm -hmm. you're like, hold on. I'm marrying the love of my life. Like, right. Like it's like you're in the tiny and then you got to get yourself big and look down and like, remember your why, what are we doing? We're getting married or we're making a business. That's huge. Business babies are harder than regular babies, I think. Okay. She says, she says as a child-free woman. Well, no, I'm but- telling you, I have two babies <laughs> and this business is, I am, I am, I am telling you, I think <laughs> it's true. And the problem is like, you got to hold it, right? Like yeah. your real baby 
because nature kicks in there with all those hormones and stuff, you're not going to drop it. But your business, like there's that part of you, you're the only one and you can just drop it. And that's the hard thing is holding it when it's so hard to hold. Oh, isn't that the truth? That's beautiful. I agree. I agree. Okay. So phase three, I mean, box three, we all know we've all have, most people listening are in probably box three right now, but how do we get to box four? What is it? How do we get there? Tell us. Yeah. I mean, so square four is the promised land, right? Like this is where you've got revenue, you're paying your bills, your business is kind of working. You got your preferred vendors, you got your go-to people, you got your networking down um, for the brides and grooms. This is where like, okay, everything's locked in. You're at your wedding day. And this is the promised land. This is what we've all been working towards. And the mantra is change will come again. And that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, once you, you know, and like you were bringing up parenting, it's like, okay, you got that baby sleeping thing. Don't worry. That's all going away because then their toddlers and teeth and different things come. So it's like, oh, I did my wedding. And then now we've got to move because somebody got a job or now we have to decide, are we having kids or now we have to deal with the first holiday at mm-hmm. not at my mom's house, but at his house. Right. Like, so right. we're going to keep having change and that's okay because the better we are at doing it, the better we are at doing it. And it's like a spiral staircase, right? Like we keep on doing change, but hopefully we're getting higher and higher and getting closer to, you know, the dream life that we are trying to create in business and relationship, family, whatever. Yes. And I think too, it makes me think of so many things, right? So first, I always think about this when when things feel hard, you know, when I feel like I'm accomplished and then I try to do something else and it's like, oh, okay, well, okay, this is going to be hard now again. I think like, okay, well, new level, new devil, right? Like if you want something better than you've had in the past, you have to do, you have to make sure that you're willing to do the things to get there. And it also just brings me back to how I started. And honestly, listeners, we did not plan this at all. But like when I was a kid, the idea of us moving or changing in any way filled me with such dread that I sort of flung myself into a life that had so much change. And now I'm really good at it, right? Like, mm-hmm. in fact, one of the reasons I started my own business because is because I was working at a venue and I hated how same, same, same everything was. I got really bored and I was like, I need to switch it up. And looking back on it, of course, now with my lens of being a grown woman at 45, I look back and think, oh man, baby Renee knew what she was doing just on instinct to say like, if I'm uncomfortable with this, I probably get, I should probably fix it. <laughs> I should probably figure out why and, and sort of go toward, um, uncomfortableness. I mean, for lack of a better word, like I, I, I spend a lot of time in the podcast over the course of, you know, we're almost at a hundred episodes or actually by the time people hear this, we will have been past a hundred episodes trying to make people realize the parts of their business and themselves that they can make comfortable. But as I sit here today, I think it's okay to be uncomfortable because that's where the good stuff is. Absolutely. That is exactly where the good stuff is. And I think too, when you're in sort of a promised land and then you want to like you're saying, reach for something more and you've got that hesitation. I always love sort of this time traveling thing. And I use it with my brides too. It's like, when you're like, oh, I'm so stressed about wedding planning. I'm like, hold on, scooch back in time and talk to that girl five years ago who was single and would do anything for this problem now. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like for that planner who's like, oh, I want to like start speaking and you know, build a team, but it's so hard. I can't do it. It's like, hold on, reach back to that girl who couldn't book her first wedding. And she'd love like your bigger problems are your past self. It's like their wildest dream. Oh, yeah. 
I think that's yeah, really I think about that all the time too. Like growing, like, and people who listen to the podcast have already heard me talk about this before. But like, I grew up, you know, New York City, poor, single mom. You know, my my biggest goal was just getting out of the city, which sounds crazy to people who are who are like, New York City's the promise land. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, except when you grow up there, it's just like everywhere else, right? So like, mm-hmm. when I look at my life, I mean. I think all the time, like, wow, if 13 year old Renee could see me now, like little did she know, man, like I have this big, awesome life. And yes. the only reason I have it is because I, I just kept leaning into change over and over and over, even when it was uncomfortable, even when it seemed like, what am, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I just sort of had faith that like, the magic was in the unknown, I suppose. Absolutely. I love that baby Renee knew, like, <laughs> that, your, that your instincts were like, ah, oh, change is a thing. Like that thing that you were most feared was really like what you most desired, right? It was the key to your yeah. best life was leaning into that thing that felt like such fear. But it was like something about your intuition was like, hold on, hold on, girl. Change. I, I think well before we had words for it, I just think it's my Enneagram 3-ness, which was just mm. like, do, do hard things, go do hard things over yeah. and over and over. Exactly. <laughs> And when you're scared of them, that's how you know they're right for you. I love it. That's so great. Yeah. And like, I mean, and now, you know, I think about it now and it's changes, chains should be scarier for me now, right? Because I am, I don't know, I guess in this industry more public, right? I'm a, I, you know, I have a podcast. I talk about myself constantly. Every week people can come on and listen about me and, or my guests. And, um, but yet it feels safer because I have, as you said, the muscle memory of yeah. doing all of this already. Yeah, like you are good at change, right? Like it doesn't mean yes. it's never hard for you, but it's, oh, you know yourself in it. You know how it feels. You know how to feel the hard feelings, do the things, get out there, be vulnerable, all that stuff. Like you, once that muscle is what allows you, I think, to keep up leveling as you have. And you're a huge leader in this industry. Thank you. It just feels like I sit behind my desk and talk into a microphone, but I, so it's, it's fun. It's been funny and, and a funny side effect of the pandemic well, funny is not the right word, but that's the word I'll go with is that, you know, because we, I wasn't doing weddings, I really leaned into the education side of things. And so from behind this desk for the last 18 months, I grew the education brand. And now that my weddings are back, it's part of the, it's part that I really miss. Like I got very comfortable with being an educator primarily. And like, it was interesting when you were saying like, after the pandemic, look at your business and see what you want. Like yeah. pre-pandemic, I would have, I would have said like, oh yeah, at the education side is like a small part of my business. Now in my heart, it feels like the bigger part of my business. And I feel like we're coming up, I am coming up on some decisions that will lead to change. Right. And then, and I have to sit with that and make sure that I'm, you know, uh, thinking it through and making all the best decisions. Absolutely. And you get to choose that change, right? Which doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but like you're feeling Mm -hmm. it, you're outgrowing maybe that old model. And I think the pandemic, I think, everyone's crazy to not take a pause as we're getting thrust back into the world or we're crawling out, however we're doing it. Yeah. Make sure you take the opportunity to do things differently. Cause look, the world decides when it wants to shake it up on us, we got to, you know, decide how we want to respond. Well, and I love that you said decide because I also know, at least from my own experience, that sometimes it feels like I'm being pulled with a tide, right? Mm-hmm. Like people people are still inquiring, so I should still be booking weddings. Or I've said this before, like about public speaking, like the reason I started public speaking is because someone asked me to, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't put a, put a stake in the ground and say, now I'm a public speaker. It was because someone asked me to and I thought, oh, I love this. I should do more of this, right? And I feel like when we're talking about change, 
at least for me in my life, there have been pulled with the tide changes that I've gone along with. And it's been, and a lot of times it's been great, but then there's also been times of decisive action. And I feel like post pandemic, and I don't even want to say we're post pandemic, maybe by the time you guys hear this episode, right. we will be, but it feels like, I don't know, variance and all the craziness, but I feel like, um, in light of what we've all been through, let's put it that way. Like now is actually a time for more decisive action than being pulled with the tide for me. Absolutely. I don't know if you have, have that I feeling. That is, I think that's this, I always say to people like an, an invitation is an invitation, not an obligation, right? Like people get very confused with that. Like an invitation. I'm sorry. Means- say that again. Say that again for people in the back. <laughs> an invitation is just an invitation. It's not an obligation. And I literally, in the nuts and bolts, people get confused about that with their wedding. They're like, I invited so-and-so and and they didn't come. It's like, whoa, whoa. You never (laughs) said, um, as a key to being, staying in relationship with me, you must attend it. Like you invited them. And then they say yes or no. Like it is that simple. And people make it real weird. I'm like, if it's not an invitation and it's an obligation that our friendship is based on, you better say it differently. Right? Like, you better say I'm sending out obligations. And that's really, <laughs> I have like the whole thing about that because of like all the weird things that even when people like invite someone to do anything with them, if they don't get the answer they want, they make it mean a whole different thing. And I'm like, well, I thought an invitation always had two answers, like yes or no, or anyway. But the other thing that what you're saying made me think of is like, look, you've created this huge buffet for yourself, right? Like you've shown, you've shown a lot of people, a lot of different skills or talents, and you've, created for yourself this huge buffet it doesn't mean you put shrimp on your plate because it's on the buffet this is where you have to like like you're saying tune in with yourself and being like oh there is that shrimp but i'm not really interested in that right now like you know i'm going for the ribs or i want the chicken or you don't need it's like or you can say i want a little bit of everything and that is how i do it because i am a girl who needs to have a little piece of everything or it's like no Today we are doing salmon and ice cream. Like that is it. So it's like, I think like you're saying, <laughs> it's hard when we're standing in front of it. It is yeah. hard to stand in front of a literal buffet, but also in life when there are great choices and you feel so honored. But I think like when you've gotten to where you are and you have so many options and invitations to be really selective, is going to be huge for preserving your energy and your own happiness. You know what I mean? Right. And I think as as wedding pros and business owners, you know, we have to not only help ourselves to make those choices, but help our clients to make those right choices in as best in the best way we can, you know, knowing what we know. Um, And that's the whole point. I mean, that's the whole thing about wedding pros and why I think we're so special and why I wanted to do a show that was primarily for wedding pros and creatives is because I think. um, Well, I know all of our hearts are in the right place and we're we're doing the best we can for our clients always but also what we advise comes with a lot of emotional everything and so that's why I'm Kara I'm so glad that you're here today just to kind of give us this overview and talk us through these things because while we're booking the venues and booking the florist and talking about the design and and you know answering etiquette questions and telling no have mom call me instead of you it's fine right, right? like somewhere in there we have to be able to to say okay i see where they are i understand i can contextualize this so that it doesn't sa- seem so personal or yeah. such a heavy burden for all of the pros to carry because i think that's that's one of the things i'm seeing in my own business and from my students in this recovery period is that we're getting a lot of everything we're getting a lot of the 
we're getting a lot from all four squares, right? We're getting a lot of the, of the, we don't know what the hell is happening. We're getting a lot of the, oh, let's dream and scheme together. And then we're getting the, it cost what? And my mom has feelings and my best friend's being a jerk um, because we're all coming out of a season of trauma. Absolutely. Literal. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Kara, I could talk to you for another six hours about this, but <laughs> so I feel like at some point people would be like, that's enough, ladies. Where can people find you on the internet? Tell us everything. Yeah. So I'm mostly on Instagram at Kara Gassabe is my handle. And then you can come to my website, karamaureen.com. By the time this airs too, my new podcast, I just, it literally just went, got picked up by Apple yesterday. It's Ooh. called Whispers to a Bride and it's a petite podcast, just a short um, 20 minutes or less episodes that are giving you insights and strategies on how to deal with this emotional um, part of getting married. And so we'll help you with your identity stuff and then all the relationship stuff, because I just, I'm really trying to help, especially women for reasons we talked about, but obviously yes. anyone who can benefit I lo- is welcome in the conversation to really be ready to meet this moment of their wedding and then really rise to the occasion of the wedding and to the rest of their life. So I'm really excited about the podcast and I'd love you guys to find it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm so, I'm always so happy for a new podcast because it's such a, I think it's such an accessible medium for everyone. Like I know there's someone listening right now who's like walking their dog or doing their dishes or in the car. And to you, I say, welcome, um, keep your eyes on the road. But, um, (laughs) I, I love, I love a podcast. Kara, thank you so much for your wisdom and your insight and your energy. And I just, I love you. You're the best. You too. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kara. And for everyone listening, thank you for spending your time with us. You know what I say, y'all, you can't get your time back. And so I very much value that you spent it with us today. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. 